This is ARN. Decidedly Christian, distinctly biblical, and just a little bit nuts. This is Squirrel Chatter. And welcome to your piney woods, ladies and gentlemen. I am your squirrel, the host. Coming to you from the... Let me start that again. Welcome to the Piney Woods, ladies and gentlemen. I am your Squirrel, the host, coming to you from the ARN studios, high atop the tallest tree in the Piney Woods. Good to have you with us. It is Monday, the 19th day of February 2024, as we continue to just grind the days as they pop by faster than we ever thought possible. Oh, how are you? Hope you had a great day at church yesterday. We did. Um, yesterday I was preaching at uh, Blackfoot Community Bible Church in Ovando. Um, had a had a good morning with those folks. Had a, a, a good friend of mine from years, years back um, dry, who lives the other side of Ovando over in the Helena area. He drove over and, and uh, to, to visit while uh, he was there when, when I preached and then took us out to lunch after. It was good to see him. Haven't seen him in, oh gosh, how long has it been? I bet it's been a couple years. But uh, he and I used to work together um, at a now defunct sawmill um, running the security at the sawmill because you got to keep sawmills safe. <laughs> um, as I told everybody, our security was not primarily designed to prevent the theft of the latest plywood laminating technology by the Chinese communists. It was, we were there more actually for uh, access control in that, you know, you, you just can't have people wandering around in an industrial site. It isn't safe. Um, so we were the checkpoint for visitors entering and exiting the mill site, but also to prevent fires because a sawmill has a lot of sawdust and a lot of moving parts. And so we were constantly patrolling, looking for fire. Those were our two primary purposes there, but uh, it was actually a great job because uh, I would sit in that guardhouse for eight hours a day, and I probably had maybe three hours of work I had to do every day. Most of the time, my job was just to be there in case something happened. So it was great for Bible study and sermon prep, and, and it was a fantastic job for that. And uh, Charlie and I used to have some of the best conversations. Um, he worked the overnight shift because he had he had two teenage daughters. Um, and so he would come in and work midnight to eight. He could, and, and he was always around during the day for his kids. So it was a, it was a good shift for him. And, uh, I would relieve him in the morning and, uh, actually I think it was 11 PM to 7 AM. And then I came in at seven to four, if I remember right. Um, Hey, it's been a few years, right? The The mill closed in 2008, 2009. So it's been a long time. So don't, don't, uh, 
don't uh, jump on me if I don't remember the schedule, even though I was the person who was uh, in charge of making it. But uh, yeah, it was good to see Charlie. But I would always, I was always there half hour early, and he usually stayed half hour late until he's like, "Oh, I got to go get the girls up for school," and he'd be out the door. Um, but we just had some great Bible and theology discussions. He'd be sitting there all night reading the Bible, and I'd be sitting there all day reading the Bible, and we just had some great discussion of current events in in uh, in the religious world and and even back then um, and and he I think it, it, it was like 18 years ago that he quit working for me because he had moved away and but even back then we were dealing with issues in evangelicalism, all the same stuff that, you know, 20 years ago, we were talking about the same stuff, the same stupid stuff that's going on now. Um, yesterday afternoon, um, uh, Justin Peters dropped a video on his YouTube channel on just the, the irreverent stuff going on in these churches. He just had a, a series of videos from recent quote-unquote church services that were just disgusting. These were all Super Bowl-related things. Stuff that silly churches, silly churches in quotes, did Super Bowl Sunday. And, and it's just irreverent, disrespectful, it's not church. And, and, but it's that, it's that big Eva, um, I, I can just hear Keith Fosky, if you love Jesus, you're going to drop kick a Bible into the audience. Because <laughs> that's the sort of stuff they were doing. Oh, just silly. I, I, um, exegeting and preaching messages based on Super Bowl commercials. How? Why? Gather reverently, pray to God, sing his praises, and open the book. That's what you're supposed to do as a church. Get rid of the smoke machine, get rid of the lasers, get rid of the light show. If your church looks like a nightclub, it's not a church. And, and, and I, I just, it, it, it's, it's a huge problem. It's a huge problem. You know, keep the lights up. Don't perform music for the congregation. Sing together as a congregation. Important stuff. All right. Uh, excuse me. It got me kind of worked up when I watched that video. As I think you can tell, but like I said, you know, 20 years ago, my friend Charlie and I were talking about this same sort of stuff while we were sitting in that guardhouse at that sawmill off of highway 200. And, uh, we had some great conversations and, you know, when we sat down at the lunch table, we picked up right where we left off. 
he's talking about the same stuff and and uh, he is uh he is a member at the the church a good friend of mine pastors in Helena and uh so it was a it was a good as a matter of fact they got our hymns of grace hymnals when Parkside Baptist shut down I drove I kept one case <laughs> Um, just for personal use for, you know, Bible study use and stuff. If I have a group of people, we can sing some hymns, but, uh, we took the, the lion's share of them to Helena. Um, honestly, had I known <laughs> that a few years later I was going to end up as an elder at Frenchtown Community Church, I would have saved all those hymnals and donated them to Frenchtown. Because we have, what what are the hymns of the family of God is the hymnal that we have at Frenchtown, and they are all falling apart. These were hymnals that were in use when my dad was music director there in the eighties. <laughs> They're pretty old, so I think uh, discussions are going to ensue about. Uh, New hymnals. Let's let's see what we can do. But uh, all right, this is Squirrel Chatter, a podcast dedicated to scripture, theology, history, current events, and whatever else I want to talk about. We webcast every Monday through Friday at seven thirty a.m. Mountain on X, Facebook, and Rumble, and then the audio podcast is available for download wherever you find fine podcasts. Squirrel Chatter is a proud member of the Christian Podcast Community. You can head on over to ChristianPodcastCommunity.com, check out all our great curated podcasts that are over there. You are certain to find something worth listening to. I guarantee it. If you notice, I am wearing Grizz gear again today, and the reason is that on Saturday, the University of Montana Lady Grizz basketball team and the University of Montana Grizzlies basketball team both defeated their counterparts from Montana State University and defeated handily. These were not close games. These were dominant performances by the Grizz and the Lady Grizz, and and it's a wonderful thing. I know it doesn't matter to most of you, but it is something that I am happy about. Um, <clears throat> my uh, my alma mater may be a, a, a liberal cesspool <clears throat> of pro progressive thought, but I support their sports teams and always will. All right. What do we got coming up today? We have scripture reading from the Legacy Standard Bible. We have prayers from the Book of Common Prayer. We have a reading from John MacArthur's Daily Readings to the Life of Christ. And it's Monday. So we got Monday meanderings. We got a couple of, couple of kind of depressing things to talk about this morning. Sorry. Um, but it's what's going on, and I think it's something we need to to think about just to uh, to understand what's going on in our world. But let us begin, as is our practice, with the prayer of confession from the book of uh, the 2019 Book of Common Prayer. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against your holy laws. We have left undone those things that you ought to have done, 
And we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And apart from your grace, there is no health in us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Spare all those who confess their faults. Restore all those who are penitent, according to your promises declared to all people in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may now live a godly, righteous, and sober life. To the glory of your holy name. Amen. Grant to your faithful people, merciful Lord, pardon and peace, that we may be cleansed from all our sins and serve you with a quiet mind. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now our prayer for the reading of the word. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and the comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. All right. Excuse me. Our scripture reading today is Genesis 48 and Psalm 48. Excuse me, 48, 49. 49. Let me check. Where is my little... Oh, no. Where is my... My checklist is missing. I think we read 48 last week on Friday. So my notes are wrong. Let me let me scroll up and see. Oh, we are... Yes, we are in 48. We didn't... Okay. My notes are correct. <laughs> we read 47 on Friday. Genesis 48. Hey, it's Monday. These things happen. I'm, I'm, you know, I honestly didn't want to get up when my alarm clock went off this morning either. So, Genesis 48. Now it happened after these things that Joseph was told, Behold, your father is sick. So he took his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, with him. Then it was told to, jo- to Jacob, to Jacob, Then it was told to Jacob, Behold, your son Joseph has come to you. So Israel strengthened himself and sat up in the bed. Then Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me in Luz, in the land of Canaan, and blessed me. And he said to me, Behold, I will make you fruitful and multiply, and I will make an assembly of peoples, and I will give this land to your seed after you for an everlasting possession. So now your two sons, who were born to you in the land of Egypt, Before I came to you in Egypt are mine. Ephraim and Manasseh shall be mine, as Reuben and Simeon are. But your kin that have been born after them shall be yours. They shall be called by the name of their brothers in their inheritance. Now as for me, when I came from Paddan, Rachel died to my sorrow in the land of Canaan on the journey, when there was still some distance to go to Ephrath. And I buried her there on the way to Ephrath, that is, Bethlehem. Then Israel saw Joseph's son and said, Who are these? And Joseph said to his father, These are my sons, whom God has given me here. So he said, Bring them to me, please, that I may bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were so dim from age that he could not see. Then Joseph 
<clears throat> excuse me, Joseph brought them close to him and he kissed them and embraced them. Then Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face and behold, God has let me see your seed as well. Then Joseph took them from his knees and bowed with his face to the ground. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim in his right hand toward Israel's left, and Manasseh with his left hand toward Israel's right, and brought them close to him. But Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on the hand of Ephraim, who was the younger, and his left hand on Manasseh's head, crossing his hands, though Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph and said, May the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd throughout my life to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless these boys. And, my and may my name live on in them, and the names of my fathers Abraham and Isaac. And may they grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. But Joseph saw that his father had set his right hand on Ephraim's head, and it was displeasing in his sight. So he took hold of his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. And Joseph said to his father, Not so, my father, for this one is the firstborn. Place your right hand on his head. But his father refused and said, I know, my son, I know. He also will become a people, and he also will be great. However, his younger brother shall be greater than he and his seed shall become the fullness of nations. And he blessed them that day, saying, By you Israel will pronounce blessings, saying, May God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. Thus he put Ephraim before Manasseh. Then Israel said to Joseph, Behold, I am about to die, but God will be with you and will bring you back to the land of your fathers. And I give you one portion more than your brother's, which I took from the hand of the Amorite with my sword and my bow. And now Psalm 48. Psalm 48. Great is Yahweh and greatly to be praised. Psalm 48, a song, a psalm of the sons of Korah. I'm just kind of fumbling around this morning, folks. I am sorry. Let me begin this again. Psalm 48, a song. A Psalm of the Sons of Korah. Great is Yahweh and greatly to be praised. In the city of our God, his holy mountain. Beautiful in elevation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion in the far north. The city of the great king, God, in her palaces, has made himself known as a stronghold. For behold, the kings assembled themselves. They passed by together. They saw it, then they were astonished. They were dismayed. They fled in alarm. Panic seized them there, anguish as of a woman in childbirth. With the east wind, you break the ships of Tarshish. As we have heard, so we have seen. In the city of Yahweh of hosts, in the city of our God, God will establish her forever. Selah. We have thought on your loving kindness, O God, in the midst of your temple. As is your name, O God. So your praise to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is full of righteousness. Let Mount Zion be glad. Let the daughters of Judah rejoice because of your judgments. Walk about Zion and go around her. Count her towers. Consider her ramparts. Go through her palaces. 
that you may recount it to the next generation. For this is God, our God forever and ever. He will guide us over death. This is the word of the Lord. Now our reading from John MacArthur's Daily Readings from the Life of Christ. Today's devotion is Jesus' response to empty words. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name cast out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Matthew seven twenty two and 23. Dr. MacArthur writes, On the first reading, these are some of the most startling, convicting words Jesus ever uttered. The key issue for him is obedience to his word and will. He later declared, If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. John 8, 31. See also Romans 6, 16. Colossians 1, 22 and 23. And Hebrews 5, 9. All the empty words and professions of respect for Christ and the shallow works of supposed dedication now come to condemn all disobedient claimers to the Lord. When Jesus tells them, I never knew you, it does not mean he did not know their identities, but in essence, I didn't know you as my disciples, and you didn't really know me as Lord and Savior. You chose your kingdom, but it wasn't my kingdom. A life that professes to be a Christian, but in no way actually reflects his holiness, does not possess true salvation. Such a profession comes from a dead faith that results in no good works, James 2.17. It's not that faithful disciples will not stumble and sin sometimes, otherwise Jesus would not have taught about forgiveness of debts, Matthew 6.12, and confession of sins, 1 John 1.9. Believers cannot expect perfection in this life, but they should expect it to be headed in that direction. Those who persist in lawlessness show that they are not Christians, no matter how orthodox and outwardly fervent. Religious activity that does not stem from repentance of sin and manifest a desire for obedience to Christ is still rebellion against God's law. Ask yourself, it is not bragging on ourselves, but on Christ when we admit to areas of spiritual growth and victory over sin. In what ways are you seeing yourself increasingly conformed to the nature of Christ? Once again, I am greatly enjoying this devotional. I hope uh, you are getting as much out of it as I am. All right, it is Monday. Oh, a lot of stuff happened last week, and I just picked out a couple because I'm going to talk about them in some length. The first one is that a the the fraud trial against Donald Trump has concluded in New York. Now, this was a fraud trial dealing with a business loan that the Trump Organization took in New York, in the real estate business, which is which is his business. And I mean he owns, I mean, 
Trump Tower and, and other buildings in New York owned by Donald Trump. He's a real estate developer. He borrows money, buys property, develops it, sells it or rents it or, you know, whatever. That's how he makes his money. Um, and so there was a fraud charge brought against him in New York based upon the loan application for a loan. And don't ask me how long ago it was. Um, not even sure I remember what bank it was. But he had borrowed money for a real estate deal. And as collateral, he had put up properties that he owned. And he had submitted paperwork to the bank saying, these properties are worth this much. And the bank lent him the money. The Trump Organization repaid the bank every penny with the interest they owed. The bank was happy with the arrangement. The Trump Organization was happy with the arrangement. The bank has publicly stated and did so on the record during the trial that they would gladly do business with Trump again. It was a good deal for them. It was a good deal for Trump. It's how business is conducted. But the attorney general of New York ran on, I'm going to get Donald Trump. And I believe this is Letitia James. That was her campaign. If you elect me attorney general, I will go after Donald Trump. Well, you know, now, I think she is the state attorney general, and then Alvin Bragg is the New York City attorney, head prosecutor, I think. It could be the other way around. Um, New York's a long way from the Piney Woods, and I don't keep up with the local politics there that much. Um, but in any case, there was a case brought against Trump related to this loan, related to what he said his property was worth and, and what the bank agreed his property was worth. Now, understand that the bank didn't have to accept his valuation, but he had said, I own this property. This is how much it's worth. The bank said, yeah, we're good with that. Here's the money. This was a private business deal. The bank has not complained. There's no victim here. Nobody lost money. But the city and state of New York have contended that this was fraud and charged the Trump Organization with fraud. And last week... The judge handed down his decision. It was indeed fraud, and Trump owes $350 million in penalties. Think about that. There is no victim. Nobody lost financially. The businesses involved, private businesses, the bank and the Trump organization, were both happy with the dealings. The bank made money. 
I assume Trump made money by, you know, buying the property and developing it. Um, this is, this is the case <laughs> that was brought in New York and, and, uh, this was not a jury trial. This was uh, decided by the judge. And in fact, before they had any he hearings at all, the judge had already decided that Trump was guilty. The hearings were, how much are we going to fine him? So he's been fined $350 million and ordered not to do business in the city of New York for three years. Um, and there's also a provision in there that he is not allowed to do business with banks that are chartered in New York City. Now, New York City is the headquarters of most major banks <laughs> in the United States. That's, you know, we talk about Wall Street and, and the financial district in New York. That is Banking Central. <laughs> um, and there, there are a lot of banks. I mean, I'm, I, I admit I have a credit card with a bank that's chartered in New York. If I was Donald Trump, I'd have to find another source for my credit card, I guess. Um, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Now it will be overturned on appeal. Everybody thinks it's going to be overturned on appeal. I have not heard a commentator, liberal or conservative, who does not believe this will be overturned on appeal. But in order to appeal a case like this, Donald Trump has to put up the money in escrow. He has to put up a bond. Now, the bond companies, now your, your average bails bondsman across the street from the courthouse is not going to be able to cover this. Um, it's going to be, you know, a major financial institution that's going to have to cover this. Because Donald Trump, and this is something, rich people, I had this discussion online this weekend. Rich people are not sitting on piles of cash. Donald Trump is a billionaire, which means that his net worth is over a billion dollars. But that's net worth. That's not cash on hand. That is the totality of of everything he owns, which is office buildings, apartment buildings, casinos, resorts, golf, golf courses, things that he owns that are, are collectively valued at over a billion dollars. It's not cash. Do you understand that? He's not sitting on a pile of money. He owns a lot of stuff, and that stuff is working. You know, his, his office buildings are renting office space to businesses who are doing business. And, and you know, it, it, the office buildings are employing, you know, workers to take care of the building and, and construction companies to build the buildings. And, you know, it, it's, it's not a pile of cash. Everybody seems to say, oh, he's a rich guy. He's just got this flush bank account. Now, 
a billionaire is going to have a bigger bank account than I do. <laughs> That's just fact of life. All right. But that bank account is not going to represent more than, than a, a fraction of his net worth. Just like my bank account doesn't represent more than a fraction of my net worth. My net worth is not huge. I have a trailer here in the woods. I have a couple of TVs and a computer, etc. I have a couple of cars in the driveway. I have clothes. You know, I have a lot of books. <laughs> That's my net worth. What is all that stuff worth? Of all that I have that I have that's worth, you know, my bank account is a very tiny bit of it. Um, so, and that's the same way with um, someone like Trump or Bill Gates or any other wealthy person you want to point to. Their bank account is going to be a small percentage of their net worth. So Trump doesn't have $350 million plus interest. So we're it's actually closer to half a billion dollars in cash. He doesn't have that lying around. Nobody does. You know, Elon Musk doesn't have half a billion dollars lying around. Uh, you know, Bill Gates, George Soros, Klaus Schwab. I don't, you know whatever that, that super rich guy in Japan is, they don't have half a billion dollars in cash lying around. Just doesn't happen. So he's going to have to make a deal with a financial organization that isn't chartered in New York <laughs> because, uh, because he can't be, because of this judge's ruling. Do you, do you have any idea the, the, just the, 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 the nature of this judgment. And it's all political. There's no fraud here. This is a political trial and a political judgment. It's a show trial. Now, to help Donald Trump out, apparently a GoFundMe page has been set up <laughs> to help with his legal fees. I'm not kidding. Um I have no intention of, of um, contributing to that um, because I have better uses for my money and he is able to cover it um, through, you know, but it's going to cost him. He's going to, you know, whoever puts up the bond for his, um, for the appeal is going to end up, you know, receiving a good premium on that money it has to happen. You know, you don't lend money without making money. That's the whole way it works in business. Um, and the usury rules in the old Testament were, were, were related to helping the poor. They weren't related to doing business. That's a different sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, you know, this is going to be overturned on appeal. Um, I've seen speculation that a lot of businesses are going to quit doing business in New York. If New York is going to be this capricious and this confiscatory, 
there are businesses that aren't going to want to deal with that. Um, there is a, a big push right now among truck drivers to quit delivering to New York City in response to this ruling to punish New York. And the interesting thing is a city like New York has less than a week's worth of food on hand. If you stop trucks from coming into New York City, within a week, the grocery stores are going to be empty. The restaurants won't have anything to cook. The, the, the corner bodega where you buy your loaf of bread or the bakery that bakes your bagels, they're going to have to shut their doors because they're not going to have the ingredients to do their work. Now, this would be if, if, if all shipments into the city stopped. Um, I don't know how, how any such boycott of the city of New York would actually hold together. Um, but it is interesting that there are people that are saying, Hey, we're just not going to do business with New York. We're not going to deliver to New York. We're not going to do any of that. That's a, that's a interesting, interesting thing. So we can, we can look at that and we can think, you know, that's an interesting Thing. I don't know how that, well that's going to work. But on the other end, you might have some big businesses that quit doing business in New York as a result of this. Because if the courts are this unpredictable and this unfair, you can't trust them. You can't play a game you know, if you, if you sat down to play a board game and the rules changed constantly while you were playing, you can't play a game like that. Businesses, you know, other than criminal enterprises, businesses are happy to play by the rules, but you can't keep changing the rules and you can't be capricious about the rules. This court has far overstepped the bounds here. And this is just a, a absolute travesty. Now, it will be overturned on appeal. I have no, no doubt, and Trump will appeal it. But it's going to cost him money. Um, and, and that's a, because there's no way, I don't think he can ever recover from the state. I'm not sure how it would work. Um, I don't think you would ever be able to recover damages from the state because of the way the laws are. But this is an outright political attack on Donald Trump. And, and as I've said of all of these trials, they're all frivolous. They're all going to be overturned on appeal. When it all is said and done, Trump is not going to be, you know, ultimately convicted of these things. Now, he may be convicted in lower courts as he is, has been here. Oh, this is a civil fraud trial. I, I just, it, it makes no sense. It'll be overturned. The, 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 all of the other charges against Trump will eventually be overturned. And, and some of them are falling apart now. 
the 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 thing in Georgia with uh, with uh, Fanny Willis and and her boyfriend, that's torpedoing their case against Trump, and and the whole thing might get thrown out, <laughs> um, which would be a good thing. That would be the best result. Just throw it out. It's ridiculous. Um, and the 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 thing in Washington D.C. about the classified documents that's also on some rocky ground, and that that whole case should fall apart and might, you know. So all of these things are they're politically motivated. They are political show trials to damage a political opponent. This is not justice. This is not right, um, but it is happening, which tells us who's in charge right now, what kind of people they are. And there is very little difference between them and a dictator like Vladimir Putin, which is our other topic of the morning. Another one of... Vladimir Putin's political rivals has died under mysterious circumstances. Alexei Navalny died in prison last week in the in Russia. Um, now let's talk about a little bit of his history. Navalny was a critic of Putin, and. Several years ago, year or so ago, I'm not sure of the dates, I didn't write that down. I remember when it happened, though. He was poisoned with a nerve agent, a nerve toxin, nerve gas, a military nerve weapon, chemical weapon. He was poisoned in Russia, got sick managed to get out of the country, um, got to Germany, got, got in, hospitalized in Germany and actually recovered from the nerve toxin, um, which was, that was beating the odds right there, that he would recover from the nerve toxin. He was then informed by the Putin regime that he would be welcome to return to Russia uh, as a Russian citizen. So he came back from Germany after recovering in the hospital, and as soon as he landed, he was arrested and thrown in prison. You know, so much for, yeah, sure, come back. Yeah. It's not healthy to be a critic of Vladimir Putin. So he has been in prison in Russia and he, he actually appeared a week or so ago at some sort of hearing related to why he's in prison. And, of course, he's in prison because he's a critic of Vladimir Putin. And he looked quite healthy. <laughs> Everything seemed fine. And then uh, the prison service reported last week that he felt one unwell after going for a walk, lost consciousness, and then died. Cause of death is unknown. We don't know what's going on there. Um, 
but he he was you know a leader in anti-Putin movements. Um, this was a political assassination. There is hardly any doubt. The same people that poisoned him back in 2020 are responsible for his death in 2024. I have no doubt. Um, and nor does really anybody else. So this is just one in a series of assassinations of critics of Vladimir Putin. The, the Probably the most famous in recent years was the Alexander Litvinenko situation. He died in November of 2006. Now, he was a former officer of the Russian state security. He was a former Russian security officer. But he became critical of Vladimir Putin. Um, actually wrote an article detailing Vladimir Putin's predilection for underage boys. And he had to flee the country. He ended up in London, in England. Um, eventually, I believe he became a British citizen or subject of the crown. Um, and, and his fleeing to England was considered a defection. I mean, he, he gave a lot of, you know, he spent a lot of his time talking to the British Secret Service, <laughs> telling them about things in Russia. Um, and he was considered a good source. Well, in 2006, he was poisoned with a lethal dose of radioactive polonium-210. And it took him 20 days to die. But once he had been poisoned, there's no cure for radiation poisoning. Um, he was meeting with two former Russian agents, former Russian agents, at a hotel in London related to, because he was working as a journalist. So, you know, he had, that was his, his, uh, he was, and he was investigating the murder of Anna Plitsikovkaya. 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 Skaya, Plitskov, Plitkovskaya. Um, he was investigating this murder of a Russian journalist in Moscow. And that was what he was working on. Well, he meets with these two former Russian intelligence agents, talk about this, and immediately gets sick. And it goes to the hospital. It's polonium poisoning. There's nothing they can do. He's got to lie in the hospital for 20 days and die. There's there was there's no cure. And the 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 Russian agents, polonium traces were found at the hotel bar where they met. So clearly they slipped it into his drink. 
or into his food somehow. And polonium traces were found at a house in Germany that these agents had rented on their way to London from Russia. So it's clearly traced to these Russian agents. Now, of course, they are back in Russia. The country, the United Kingdom has requested their extradition to stand trial, and Russia has refused. <laughs> but here was a, a famous case of a critic of Putin poisoned in England. And this was only, you know, this was, well, 2006, so we're coming up on 20 years ago, but it was a big deal, and it still is a big deal. And this has clouded British and Russian relations ever since. Um, Vladimir Putin cannot be trusted. Now, he was investigating, as I said, the Anna Politkovskaya death. She was 48. She was murdered in 2006, just a month before uh, Levinenko. She was an investigative journalist. She was a, a, a human rights, you know, she was, she was reporting on human rights abuses, on corruption, and stuff related to the Russian war in Chechnya. Very critical of Putin. She was shot in the elevator of her apartment building. You know, it's clearly murder. Um, they, they did indeed arrest and convict somebody for this, but I bet you they didn't get the right people. They probably used that trial to get rid of somebody else they didn't like. So the, this is, again, an open case. Um, you've got, you know... I have a list here of of people who have died. Michael Lesson or Mikhail Lesson, former Russian press minister, fell out of favor with Putin because and and he was found dead in a Washington D.C. hotel room. Accidental blunt force trauma was the cause of death, but lots of questions. 2015. Boris Nimtsov, he was um, a vocal critic of Putin, and he was deputy prime minister under Boris Yeltsin, and and became a popular, a, a prominent figure in the opposition to Putin, and he he was shot dead on a bridge near the Kremlin in two thousand what fifteen. Yeah, 2015. Boris Berezovska, 2013. Wealthy businessman. Um, former friend of Putin. A lot of these guys used to be Putin's friends. But he was a vocal critic, and he fled to the UK. And he was found dead in his home in England. And... It was, it was ruled a suicide. Um, but there's, you know, because of who he was, it's, it's kind of like the Epstein case. Did he really kill himself? Or did somebody get rid of him, make it look like a suicide? Uh, 
Um, uh, in 2009, you had Sergei Magnitska, lawyer, auditor, who exposed massive tax frauds by Russian officials. Arrested and imprisoned and died in custody following severe beatings. His death actually led to the passage of a law in the United States that's designed to sanction Russian officials involved in human rights abuses and corruption in the Soviet Union. Or Russia. I'm sorry. It's becoming the Soviet Union again. In practice, if not in name and scope. The, the Putin regime, or has become, it's not communist, but it's totalitarian. Um, it's not the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. It's the Union of Russian Oligarchies. But it's, it's in, in all but name, the Soviet Union's back. And they are just as evil, if not more so. 2009, Stanislav Markolov, human rights lawyer and journa- journalist assassinated in Moscow by a gunman who also killed another journalist that was with him. And, and so, again... Don't oppose the regime. Um, uh, alongside him was Anastasia Babarova. She was killed at the same time, shot dead on the same bridge. Um, she had been reporting on political violence in Russia. So these these murders remain unsolved. Just random shooting on a bridge in Moscow. Yeah, just happened to be criminal, you know, or, or opposite opponents of Vladimir Putin. Um, you know, just and, and the list goes on. I've got, I'm scrolling through, I've got half a dozen other, other names of prominent people who were opposed to Vladimir Putin, who were murdered under mysterious circumstances or died in custody of the Russian state. Or we know we're killed by the Russians. You know, poisonings and this and that. So this is a serious issue, and it's one of the reasons why the Putin regime is not and never will be our friend. The the post-Soviet free Russia of Boris Yeltsin is long gone. Um, This is a brutal totalitarian dictatorship that is killing any opposition. Um, And here's the thing that ties these two cases together. The persecution of Donald Trump, it's not prosecution, it's persecution, and the Putin regime's murder of dissidents. Do not think for a minute that the Democratic Party would not give Donald Trump the Alexei Navalny treatment if they could. 
the current show trials show exactly the direction the current American regime is taking. They are working towards a Soviet-style, one-party, totalitarian state that brooks no dissent. If things continue going the way they are going, it will not be long before American political prisoners start dying in prison or uh, dissidents, critics of American of the American regime start getting gunned down on, you know, bridges in Washington, D.C. and unsolved murder cases. It's one of those facts of life that we are dealing with. And, and here's the thing. There was a politician or a political staffer or somebody who just got killed in Washington in a carjacking. You know, it may have been a carjacking. Could also have been an assassination. And I don't know the details. Don't know the person. Don't know what they stood for. Don't know what they were doing. Don't know if the Biden regime would have had a reason to get rid of them. But when you start seeing things like these Trump trials, when you see all the stuff that we know Putin has done, when somebody who is critical of that dies in a car accident or a plane crash or, or you know, anything, any circumstances, especially violent circumstances, you can't help wondering, was this guy offed by the regime? And, and the, the Democrat Party in the United States is trying desperately to become such a regime, which is why November is going to be very pivotal. We are either going to pivot further towards a totalitarian dictatorship, or if God is gracious, we will be able to step away from a totalitarian dictatorship. But this is not the America of my youth. Not at all. And it is a sad, sad thing indeed. So these are the things that I am thinking on today and, and meandering upon. Um, like I said, I told you it was going to be kind of a downer. <laughs> But we can celebrate the Grizz and Lady Grizz victories over the MSU Bobcats on Saturday and take some joy from our existence. And of course, we all got to worship God yesterday in church with our brothers and sisters in Christ, which is awesome. Um, always awesome. All right, let us now recite our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. And the other thing, before we get to the Apostles' Creed, God is sovereign. None of the political machinations that take place in our world, foreign or at home, catch him by surprise. None of it is outside of his control. He uses all of this for his glory and the good of his people, even though we can't see it all the time. Now, 
there is a purpose in it. And, and so we can trust in God and we can praise him for all that he is doing because all of this is for his glory and our good. And when it is all finished, when his plan of the ages is completed and we look back and see the complete picture and we see it from heaven without the sin-clouded minds that we walk the earth with, we will know and we will give praise and glory and honor to the Lord our God because he is great and wonderful and worthy to be praised. So don't think for a minute, um, as, as uh, Phil Johnson once said famously, uh, one of my favorite quotes of his, he said, I'm not an optimist and I'm not a pessimist. I'm a Calvinist. God's in control. God's in control. Whether things get better or things get worse, it is all of God and it is for God's purposes and his glory and our good. So in the midst of the darkest times, we can lift our voices and sing praise to our God. Now let's recite our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now the colic for the Firth, Firth, <laughs> the Firth Funday. Oh, I'm having a tough time this morning. The first Sunday in Lent, which was yesterday. Almighty God, whose blessed Son was led by the Spirit to be tempted by Satan, come quickly to help us who are assaulted by many temptations. And, as you know the weaknesses of each of us, let each one find you mighty to save, through Jesus Christ your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. For the renewal of life, we pray. O God, the King Eternal, whose light divides the day from the night and turns the shadow of death into the morning, drive far from us all wrong desires, incline our hearts to keep your law, and guide our feet into the way of peace, that having done your will with cheerfulness during the day, we may, when night comes, rejoice to give you thanks. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now for the unrepentant we pray. Merciful God, you desire not the death of sinners, but rather that they should turn to you and live. And through your only Son you have revealed yourself as the God who pardons iniquity. Have mercy on the unrepentant and those who do not believe. Awaken in them by your word and Holy Spirit a deep sense of their sinfulness and peril. Take from them all ignorance, hardness of heart, and contempt of your word. Grant them to know and feel that there is no other name under heaven given among men by which they must be saved. 
but only the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so bring them home and number them among your children, that they may be yours forever. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. All right, folks, that is Squirrel Chatter for today as we start a new week. Um, hope you have a great and productive day to begin a great and productive week. As you go through the day, do the things you ought to do. Don't do the things you ought not do. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of the Lord. We'll see you again here tomorrow for another episode of Squirrel Chatter. Take care. God bless. Squirrel Chatter is recorded in front of a live studio hamster.